0: For me, getting back out there means sprucing up my date night wardrobe, but I don't necessarily want to have a lot of extra stuff to hang on to. That's why I was happy to find out about Armoire. It's a clothing rental service, and it really takes away the stress about what to wear. For a monthly fee, members get access to high-quality designer clothing for any occasion. Just take a five-minute style quiz to get suggestions, and then pick what you want. The clothes arrive in as little as two days. One of the items I chose is a green v-neck wrap dress that works for both business and pleasure. And here's one thing I really love. Armoire is women-founded and women-led. Right now, my listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit gray. That is armoirestyle a-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash dating while gray to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. With the seasons changing and some fun getaways on my calendar, I want to spruce up my warm weather wardrobe. That's why I'm happy I found Quince. Quince offers clothing and accessories for women and also men, even kids and babies. Plus, Quince has housewares like organic duvet covers and shams and so much more. Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. That's because Quince partners directly with top factories. They cut out the middleman and pass the savings on to customers like me and you. Quince works only with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing processes along with premium fabrics and finishes. What's not to love about that? So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash datingwhilegray for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's QUINCE.com slash datingwhilegray to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com Slash dating while gray. Hi, Laura here. It's hard to believe we are midway through our third season of the podcast. There are many more episodes to go and the dating while gray team is hard at work. And in just a few weeks, there's a show that I'm dedicating to you, whether you've been listening since season one, or if this is the first time you're checking us out, we'll have relationship experts address your questions All you have to do is tell me what you want to know that will help you in your gray dating journey. Leave a voicemail for me at datingwallgray.com or email me at datingwhilegray at wunc.org. I appreciate every time someone reaches out to the show because I know from experience how hard it is to be vulnerable and share that with others. You'll hear now from another person with that experience. She's leaned in to the good, the bad, and the ugly of navigating changing relationships at an older age.
1: I met my love on a summer's night. The moon was young, so was I. He asked of me to be his bride. To walk this world as man and wife. Oh July, oh, July.
0: Nina Freelon is a jazz singer who'd been married to her husband Phil for 40 years when he died of the rare disease ALS in 2019. The name Phil Freelon may be familiar to you. He was part of the team of architects who designed the stunning Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture. His diagnosis came the year the museum opened to the public. Losing Phil inspired Nina to tell their love story and the story of how she's experiencing grief as a widow. Her podcast, Great Grief, unfolds this chapter in her life in an episode I'll share with you now. I hope you're as moved by it as I was. Well, honey, I just
1: wanted to leave a few um, thoughts. I just want to say that um, while I can speak and while I'm intelligible and upright, to just leave you a few thoughts, um, starting with the fact that I love you so very much. And hopefully my the sound of my voice will give you a fond memory of, of our time together. And I hope this gives you a sense of comfort and connection with me for a time when um, I'm not able to speak or I'm not here to speak. So this is the first recording, and um, hopefully there'll be many more. I love you so much. Bye. Phil and I, we talked a lot about A.D. after death. Now, sometimes it was practical stuff, like the spreadsheet he created with all the passwords and usernames to our entire virtual lives. Or, what his wishes were regarding a funeral. He didn't want one. He preferred a memorial service, which he planned in exquisite detail. Or, maybe where he wanted his ashes spread. Now he said he didn't care until the suggestion that we divide his ashes so that me and the kids could share his energy idea. After a few beats of silence he said with a twinkle in his eye that he didn't want his arm over here and his leg over there. We roared with laughter. It was a classic Freelon family moment. But mostly, he was concerned about me and how his death would be for his wife. His wife. Ah, his wife. I wonder if he was thinking of me as his future widow. Phil passed away at 7.02 a.m. on July 9th, 2019. I was dozing on the cot next to the bed, and Pierce, our youngest son, was holding his hand. He roused me and said, Mom, Mom, I I think he's gone. We glanced at his watch which reported 7.02 a.m. There was no heartbeat, no pulse, no breath, and his hands were cool to the touch. I kissed him, I told him how much I loved him and I thanked him for being my beloved husband. I could tell just by looking at him that he'd already run for the border. His soul had gone home. So gone I can't recall much detail about the days and weeks that followed, except that it seemed as if all my senses went on holiday. I couldn't hear or see well. My balance was off, my brain in a fog, no sense of taste, no appetite. I felt like a crazy ghost. I wanted to throw away everything connected to illness. If our house could have been made into a box of cracker jacks, I would shake, 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 and out would fall, breathing machine, wheelchair, pill bottles, assistive devices, Hoyer lift, hospital bed, emergency numbers, healthcare providers, every single thing out, out. What a crazy, crazy thought. I felt like a mad woman, cleaning and scrubbing, trying to get to that place that hurt so bad. All the color drained from my world, and nothing present for me but pain. You know, my heart was hurting so badly, I thought I was having a heart attack. Am I having a stroke? My heart, my heart hurts heavy. What's happening? Skipping beats, something's wrong with me. Am I, am I dying? Am I dying? In many, many ways, I was. My sense of self and way of being in the world had fallen from a very high shell and shattered into a million pieces on the ground. I thought I'd prepared myself for this moment, the moment when my beloved Phil died. But I was wrong. It was just one of the many stories I told myself that turned out not to be true. I think Phil knew that preparing oneself isn't something you actually do alone. Maybe that's why he gathered so many little bits of sweetness, sweetness for me to savor at a time when he knew I would really, really need it. Ah, Discovering his loving voice in voice memos on my phone, organizing the data of our lives, spreadsheeted in perfect order, that was my fill. He was preparing and caring for me. Still, the husband of my heart, the husband of my You know, I never gave much thought to the word, widow. It it rarely, if ever, entered conversations, well, except for the infamous female spider with the hourglass shape, who killed her unfortunate mate after sex and whose bite could kill. But more importantly, I never thought I'd be a widow. Oh, the word itself conjures up images that I don't see as me. And even though I knew my husband was dying, for some reason, I never considered that that meant becoming a widow. My maternal grandmother was a widow for most of her life. And I have a cousin who buried two husbands in tragic, sudden circumstances. But there was no discussion, no voice given to what it feels like to walk that path of widowhood. Now, I do remember getting advice from older women about marriage. (laughs) They'd say things like, never let the sun set on your anger. Or, keep you a little cookie jar money for yourself, baby. Or, don't tell all you know. Words of wisdom about marriage, keeping your vows, family life, and how to stay married happily. Some of this advice... Serve me well in our 40-year marriage. But not a single word about what happens to you when death do you part. Nothing at all, nothing at all about how to take care of yourself in case you end up being by yourself. For three years, I focused on caring for Phil in the deepest and most personal ways. And I told myself that this was a precious plenty to do. Any thoughts of my future self without him, I pushed away for another place, another time, another place and time. I had no intention of taking a good look in that mirror. Looking back now, I realize I was terrified. As Phil took his last breath, I became an unwilling time traveler, transported to a strange place where we And us became I and me. Speaking of Phil in the past tense confused my tongue. I am, I was, I am, I was, I am, I was. they used to be then now they used to be is was is was is was is was yes Those tenses confuse my tongue. We'd gotten married when I was in my early 20s. All my adult life, my womanhood, my artist self, it was all shaped by our marriage and family. And now, in my mid-60s, I'm handed a brand new script. No. No, everything within me shouted no, no No to widow being, no No to my life described in the past tense, no to being alone, No. no, no. I was never more keenly aware of the power of words to define. I am his wife, not was his wife, right? There is a legal definition for widow, I discovered when handling our estate matters. Every instinct in me said, check the box marked married on one of those official forms. But I was told that my marriage officially ended in the eyes of both the law and the Social Security office on July 9th, 2019 the day Phil passed basically I was being told to put my feelings aside and accept that I was no longer married I was being forced to check that box Hmm. now I could feel my inner self climbing up on her high high horse you see I keep My high horse handy. I keep her in my purse just for cases like this when a sister needs to ride. No one's going to tell me who I am. If I still want to call myself married, that's my business. Now, what are the other choices anyway? I'm not checking that box that says widow. No. No, thank you. No. Indeed. No, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No. No, no. In my imagination, the conversation went something like this. Ma'am, you've stated that your husband is deceased, yet you've checked the box that says married. Ma'am, is your husband deceased? Why, yes, he is. Okay, ma'am. What is the date of death? July 9th, 2019. Ma'am, let me say I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, uh, Okay, ma'am. So, uh, uh, we'll need to check the box that says widow. You are the surviving spouse, correct? The spouse? Why, yes, I'm his spouse, his wife. Oh, okay, ma'am. Your husband, Philip is deceased. You are the widow, uh, uh, surviving spouse, and... I cut her off. I prefer to check the box that says married. We were married 40 years. That's all my adult life. Well, ma'am... I cut her off again. I prefer to check married. That box. And it's my choice... My choice, is it not? Ma'am, I cannot process this form if you do not check the box that says widow. I'm sorry, those are the rules. Well, the rules need to be changed. Let me speak to a supervisor. I was obviously struggling. I still am. What do I call myself? When there is no name for the me I've known or wish to be neither widow nor wife Must I give myself away To the tender breath of memories Must my heart A widow Although grief has touched all areas of my life, my other identities remain. I am still mother and grandmother. I am sister and cousin and aunt. I am still the jazz singer Nina Freelon. But the central part of my life, the way I walked in this world, has shifted. I always considered myself a woman not defined solely by her husband. I had my own life, my own career, but I also really identified as a couple. Phil and I delighted in our couple coolness. But like it or not, death done changed my name. I told Jesus, be all right if it changed my name. I told Jesus, be all right if it changed. I told Jesus, be all right, be all right, be all right. I hope and pray that I'm forgiven because I'm definitely not all right with the change from wife to widow. Isn't it peculiar that we may still call ourselves mother or father when we've lost a child, or choose to name ourselves that even through death? Aunts, cousins, nephews, in-laws, they're all certainly changed by the departure of a loved one, those ripples extending beyond the nuclear family. But it doesn't necessarily change their names. It's hard for me to imagine the pain of burying a child, and perhaps harder still is the thought of becoming an unmother or ex father. And what about the loss of a dear, dear friend? Are we then unfriended? Language fails us, perhaps because the work of growing a brand-new heart is so damn difficult. Who am I? Who am I now? When I look in the mirror, I don't recognize the widow. I see me. Different, changed, off-balance, maybe cloaked in mystery, but me? Do I take off my engagement ring and wedding band? Do I change my name to something befitting a woman without a mate? Am I still married to Philip G. Freelon? Do I use Ms., Mrs., Miss, or none of the above? Which box do I check? Single? Unmarried? None of your business? There's so much to learn, so many questions. I'm building a new me from the shattered pieces of the old and learning to make a new life. Much like a quilter, I'm using the rich and vibrant patterns of a beautiful life with Phil to craft a life of meaning and purpose without him. This means for me continuing to do the things that have always brought me joy, even when they feel hard. My family is everything. They've helped me to sustain a balance when it seemed like loss was all I could recognize. I'm exploring painting again. That's something that's always been a happy place where I didn't have to be excellent. I'm writing poems, stories, musings, and meeting myself again and again in a dance with words. And drumroll, please. I am singing from the deepest place in my spirit. There was a time when I wondered if that would ever be possible again. I'm singing with my heart on fire. In kinship with loss and longing. I know its full name and address. So when I encounter it, in shadows, on or off stage, I lean in, knowing that love won't let me fall. My first recording in 11 years has me transformed into a time traveler, wearing the past on my face in this present moment and singing my futures. Perhaps... I am a widow, I don't know, still figuring that one out, but if this is my new true identity then mama's words still ring in my heart, it ain't what they call you, it's what you answer to.
0: My thanks to Nina Freelon and the folks at North Carolina Public Radio for sharing that beautiful episode of Great Grief with us. Great Grief is available right now on the podcast app you're listening to this show on, and a new season is coming later this year. Also, the album Nina talked about called Time Traveler earned her a 2022 Grammy nomination for Best Jazz Vocal Album. I know I'm rooting for her. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. I'm Laura Stasi.